Recurring client work is fantastic client work, but what does that really mean? You're listening to Copy Chatter, the podcast where we talk about all things writing business. We're having a conversation here about freelance writing and freelance writers, and you are invited. Let's chat about business, marketing, dealing with clients, mindset issues, copy tips, and rolling with the changes. We'll also delve into what's going on with this particular writer as I grow and build my own business. Ready to talk shop? It's time for some copy chatter. So one thing that we freelance writers really like to have and what we really like to recommend that you go out and get is recurring client work. But what does that actually mean? (laughs) Like, what are we talking about? So today's episode is all about recurring client work and what to look for and what the work actually is. And um, once you understand the value and like the benefit of recurring client work, it'll, it'll help you in your search to find some for yourself. So first, I want to talk a little bit about why I like recurring work and why I think it's something that you should be on the lookout for and maybe even deliberately searching out. Um, the main thing about recurring work is that, so when we talk about recurring work, we're talking about work that happens over and over or that you get hired to do again and again. Um, and the reason this is so beneficial is that it provides you some sense of stability. So if I need to Um, maybe I've decided I need to write 10 blog posts a month to be able to hit my income goals. And if I have one client who wants one blog post a week, then that means I only need to find six more because four of them have already been taken by this recurring client. So recurring work gives you a bit of stability and it gives you a bit of ease and some margin because you don't have to keep rediscovering and repitching and reestablishing and re-onboarding new clients because some of the clients that you currently have are having you do lots of different work. So there's a difference between, for me, at least I don't know if this is an industry-wide understanding, but for me, there's a difference between like repeat clients versus recurring clients. So a repeat client is, for example, someone who comes to me for a sales page and I write her sales page and then she comes back later and she wants me to write an email sequence and then she comes back later and she wants me to do a, you know, script for a new um, offer, like a new one-time offer that she's adding to her funnel. So that's a repeat client. She keeps coming back for some new things, some different things. If that client then says, I want you to send, I want you to be the one to do my weekly emails, then she becomes a recurring client. A recurring client is when you do the same thing that repeats. Um, You do more than one. And so these are great because like I said, the aforementioned stability um, and they can help you really refine your skills in a certain thing. And if you do something that has... um, metrics or benchmarks, like if uh, you have maybe uh, blog posts, if you want to do traffic stats or emails have open rates and click rates and buy rates and that kind of thing. It can, well, you do something that has these benchmarks and you have access to the data. It can really help you with learning how to refine your skills and become more of an expert. You might even, depending on what kind of freedom you have, you might be able to um, do some experimenting, which is always, um, 
for me at least, it's kind of fun. I, I probably would not have liked experimenting in the beginning because I would have felt really unsure. But now that I have this foundational knowledge, um, the idea of saying, well, let's try this, let's try that is, you know, it's kind of fun. It's one of my favorite things. Okay, so when you're just getting started, it probably makes sense to look for anything, any work you can get, any client work for that you can get that, you know, doesn't make your gut churn and that is going to pay you enough to merit the effort that you put into it, um, you know, go for it. But as you gain more experience and you have a better idea of the kinds of writing services you like to offer or the work that you like doing, you may want to bring your focus in a little bit to focus on the types of work that are recurring and landing clients that tend to hire this kind of stuff to be recurring. So recurring client work um, is something that you can find in both the copywriting world and in the content writing world. Um, And the other thing to know before we get into these different types of recurring work is that some work has really big price tag but doesn't repeat as often. And some work has a smaller price tag, but you can, um, you can do them more frequently. Okay, now some specific types of client work that you can that you can look for is blog posts. And this is how a lot of us who are in my universe, at least, get started. It's, that was one of the bread and butter things that I did to get started was, um, it was just writing blog posts. And I would have clients who wanted one a week. Um, I think I briefly had a client who wanted like two a week, which was nice. Um, Yeah, so it's blog posts. It's a relatively small price tag until you start raising your rates. Um, But it is the kind of thing, it's not too difficult to find someone who wants one a week from you. Um, I did a lot of work for let's see, a lot of my blogging work was for um, both startups, I had a specific, um, like a specific marketing strategy for myself involving startups. So I had a lot of startup work. And I worked for bloggers, I worked for, um, I was like a ghost blogger, so to speak. So I found bloggers who no longer spent their time blogging, they spent their time marketing (laughs) their blogs, but they still needed content. So I wrote the content and pretended I was them. Um, So those were my two main types of um, recurring work for um, in the blog post arena. And blog posts specifically, they lend themselves to recurring work. So if you like this idea, and you like the idea of blog posts, it's a fairly easy point of entry for you. Um, Another fairly easy point of entry um, and something that I'm seeing get a lot of attention in my audience these days is email writing because everyone who has a business, everyone who has an email list knows they need to be emailing it. Um, They also either feel intimidated or they feel too busy or they just don't know what to write. So So there are lots and lots of people who are not emailing their list for a myriad of reasons. Um, And so what you can do is come in as the writer and you can start sending their emails, which is always nice. It's uh, you can find email writing gigs that are anywhere from daily to maybe someone will send a monthly newsletter. And so I recommend that if you're looking for an email client and someone is like, well, how many should I be sending? I'd recommend that you start them at once a week. Um, There are some email, depending on the style of email that you're writing, daily emails can make sense. Um, I'm looking for daily email clients right now because I think that's a lot of fun. I think it's a lot of fun. Some people are like, oh my gosh, it's so much work. But for me, 
it's fun. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, right. So we have blog posts and we have emails or newsletters. Email is something that is kind of an, it's a nice mix of content and conversion copywriting. So it can be, if you're doing blog posts, email can be a good way to start to branch out into something that's more copywriting-ish without having to take a full-on sales page, which I understand is, is pretty intimidating for some folks. Sales page has really intimidated me for a really long time. I don't even want to think about how long <laughs> sales pages intimidated me. So I get it. Um, now, when we move over into the world of B2B copywriting, um, blog posts and emails do happen in the B2B copywriting world. Um, but something else that happens over there that can be recurring, especially if you're good and they like you. Um, and if you find the right clients, or if you can convey the value of doing these is case studies and white papers. Now, case studies and white papers are things that folks like to talk about a lot when they talk about um, uh, like well-paid freelance writing. Everyone is like, oh, case studies, oh, white papers, and people want to look for them, but very few people are actually doing them. <laughs> and very few people, very few people really know what to tell you or to recommend that you do. It's something that folks spend a lot of time learning about and not actually doing. So I have, um, I've written a few reports that could, um, could count as white papers, but I, white papers are never my bread and butter. But I have recently landed a white paper client that I'm really excited to start working with. We are um, not quite onboarding. And I just want to give you a word of encouragement. This is someone um, who contacted me like a year ago. This is so this is a relationship that was established maybe even more than a year ago. I feel like it was last summer. Um when we first connected. It was before I moved to my offices, so I'm uh I don't remember exactly when that happened, but anyway, I think it's been more than a year and now he's finally ready to move forward with these white papers. So if you are talking with clients and you're having calls and you're having emails and it just sort of like it seems like it goes really well and then nothing happens. Don't give up. <laughs> And I didn't follow up with this guy constantly or anything. I got on his um, newsletter and, um, but I don't even know that I responded to any newsletters. But that's one thing you can do is if you want to follow up with somebody, so you get on their newsletter and then just every now and then you can respond to one and be like, hey, this is great. Hey, this is really insightful. Hey, this made me think of you. Um, that's one way to keep in touch. But I digress. I now have this recurring white paper client and, um, it's really neat because these projects, white papers and like the B2B style case study, not every case study is going to be lengthy, but the B2B style case study is going to be a good 1500, 2000 words, maybe just a thousand. Um, but it's a little more lengthy than some of the other stuff. But it's um, for people who are established as case study writers, there are lots of businesses out there who are looking for someone who can do a new case study for them each month. So if you're charging $2,000 or, you know, $1,000 for a case study, and you can find maybe two clients who want a monthly case study, that's that's $2,000 each month that you can rely on. So if you have a goal, maybe a 5k, and you find these recurring clients, then you already can, then you already have that income sort of like, uh, you can think of it as being checked off. You don't have to spend so much time searching. You can do your work and then um, the the margin that you need to fill is smaller. That's the benefit of client work. So case studies can repeat, uh, they tend not to repeat more than monthly. 
um, and sometimes they go as infrequently as quarterly. White papers, it can be a little tougher to find recurring white paper work. I never really found too many businesses that wanted monthly white papers. Um, I found some businesses who it looked like they were publishing them monthly for about six months, and then they weren't publishing them anymore. Um, from what I gather, it's more common to find a business that wants a white paper maybe quarterly. But the thing about white papers is that they pay a lot of money. Um, three to $5,000 is a typical white paper rate. Maybe, maybe when you get really, really established, maybe somewhere in the seven thousand dollar range, maybe even the nine thousand dollar range for white papers. So they pay pretty well and they don't take months and months and months to produce either. Um, the, 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 like the tricky thing about that type of client, recurring client work is that it can be tougher to find, but when you find it, it's awesome. It's more likely that you'll find one-offs and then if they like you, maybe they'll come back to you some more. Um, but anyway, those are some examples of recurring client work. These are probably the most frequently discussed examples of recurring work because these four things, blog posts, emails, case studies, and white papers, they are the things that have churned. These are the things that have, um, that they, they really fall under the content marketing arena. And when you are in the content marketing arena, you always want fresh content. Everyone's like, you know, fresh content, you need new stuff to put out there. Um, social media, I should say social media captions, you know, if you write Instagram captions, or if you're doing somebody's Facebook or whatever, that is also recurring client. Um, and I failed to include that on my list for reasons I do not know. But social media is another really well known, um, not too difficult to land recurring gig that you can that you can do. It's not as lucrative as other types of content. Um, and it can require more of you because you need to the like the, the pace is much faster with blog posts having one or two a, a week is fairly typical with social media. You may have clients who want like up to three things a day. Um, so so yeah, so the pace is a little bit faster with that, which means that you'll need more working hours and, and that kind of thing. The pay is not always as high because the ROI is is more difficult to measure and that kind of thing. But it is certainly a viable source of recurring work. And so if you, you know, if you want to hit $2,500 a month and that's your goal and that's going to let you quit your job and be able to stay home or that's going to replace whatever you're trying to, you know, whatever income you're trying to replace or to build up on the side, um, if you can find five social media clients and charge them $500 a month, um, then, you know, there you go. Five clients to juggle. It's not, it's not, it's manageable. It is definitely manageable. It's definitely doable. Now, um, I want to talk a little bit about how you price this kind of recline, reclining. <laughs> I keep saying that. I keep saying reclining when I mean recurring client work. Um, let's talk about pricing. Pricing is going to depend a little bit on what you're doing, um, and I would say the smaller the like the scope of the project, the more my recommendation might tip toward a retainer arrangement. Um, so if you're doing weekly or daily emails, you may want to do just a flat fee every month. If you're doing social media, um, that tends to lend itself more to a flat fee. Now, when you're doing this kind of flat fee or retainer type model, it's important that you stay aware of um, how many hours you're putting in, not necessarily that you're tracking it down to the minute, but just that you're aware enough to know that you are not overworking yourself or underpaying yourself. 
Now, when we get into more like freestanding type content and what by that, I mean, um, it's less, um, it's more like a meal (laughs) and less like a snack. (laughs) We're talking about blog posts um, and then the case studies and the white papers. Um, Those I would charge more, I would charge those by the, by the project. So if you have a client who wants four, they want a weekly blog post some months that's going to mean four and some months that's going to mean five. Um, so for that, I don't know that I would charge um, a monthly retainer. I would just, in, I would do a flat rate per post or you can do, you can't, you all, it's your business. You do whatever you want. You can do just a monthly thing and know that every now and then they're going to have a bonus blog post. Either way, um, that one's kind of an either or. I personally would always I always charged um, per post for my blog post once I stopped charging hourly, which was a big mistake, but we're not going to get into that right now. And then case studies and white papers, certainly those should be a per project fee. Um, yeah, per project, unless you're coming on like as a, almost like a staff writer. Um, but I, I don't really know that that's a thing that happens <laughs> very often, if at all. So per project for those guys. Okay, so that's it. That is everything I have to say about writing gigs that are recurring or repeat work and why you want them and what they are and how to charge for them. So if you have any questions about this, either about doing the work or about finding the clients or about how to find the clients or, you know, how to do the work or you want feedback or anything like that, anything that I'm just sort of rambling on and on about, any questions about freelance writing whatsoever, um, I would recommend that you come into my Facebook group. It is, it's called the Inkwell Guild. You can search for the Inkwell Guild on Facebook, or you can just go to theinkwellguild.com and it'll take you straight there and request to join. We need you to fill out all the answers. That's how we know you're a real person and not a bot from one of those bot places, one of those bot countries. Um, so we need you to answer the questions and then we'll let you in. You can ask anything you want to ask. You can offer advice you want to invite you if you want any advice you can get feedback on your stuff and all that we have a good time in there so I invite you to join us the inkwellguild.com will take you straight there and I'll see you on the inside so my friend if you have been listening to this podcast and you like what you hear have you left a review I'm just wondering and I only ask because reviews are really really helpful for podcasters like me I really care about what you're thinking, what you need, and how I can come alongside you and help you grow your freelance writing business so that it's something that really supports your life and gives you exactly what you're looking for in some kind of work from home, get paid to write type of thing. So if you have not left a review and you are so inclined, I would be deeply grateful (laughs) for your stars, for your commentary, and of course, I want you to tell me what you love so I can keep doing more of it. Thank you.